0: Esiste un palo Tevez, Tevez da solo, Tevez, Tevez, Tevez è il mineralimo fuori tutti, Tevez!
1: To more than a game: a podcast dedicated to the Premier League, the A League, and more. Today on the show, Salty Pep offers a big shake to Michael Oliver and gets roasted after losing at Anfield. Fox make a meal out of another VAR goal line debacle in the Woo's win over the Wanderers. The Matildas are too spicy for Chile, and we look ahead to some tasty fixtures in the W League. All right, my name's Colby. I'm joined today by Andy and George from the London studio. Uh, boys, what's been going on? When's the next Euro trip?
2: <laughs> Colby, um, next year's trip's actually next weekend. We're off to Budapest, but more pressing issues at hand. Uh, G Man's woken up uh, like a bear with a sore head.
3: Yeah, the weather has turned, boys, and uh, my uh, my my constitution's not quite <laughs> not quite ready for it.
1: Constitution, George, you see, you're sounding you're sounding flatter than uh, Andros Townsend's hair, haircut. <laughs> What's going on? Just the the, the the cold the cold has come, Colby. The cold has come. It takes both no, no prisoners a, You've got a whole London winter ahead of you How are you going to handle it? I'm, com- I'm coming home for Christmas <laughs> <laughs> <In a recharge. laughs> might, need, might
2: need a Cyprus trip in January or something as well But yeah, he's, uh, he's he's not not looking great at the moment Also, constitutional, I think that means <laughs> your guts are bad right? I think <laughs> that means what you think it means
1: Everything's bad at the moment <laughs> we and so george is is now a bad time to ask about your Hasselbank story that you mentioned last time we had you on the pod
3: (laughs) i've always got time for my jimmy floyd story
1: colby always listeners want to know i'm I'm sure i'm sure they're gonna get a kick out of this story
3: well look uh, i'll 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 give you give everyone a a brief summary um i was sort of exiting work uh, about a month ago and uh who did I see? Uh, you know, in the distance, let's say about fifty meters away from me, and I, and I, I thought it was him, but I couldn't quite make it out. Um, he was looking pretty sharp in a white polo and uh, jeans with sneakers. And uh, as he was coming towards me, I'm like, "Geez, that looks like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank." <laughs>
0: um,
3: what do you reckon he was up to? Well, he was carrying documents, and um, so I, I saw being of, with lawyers, it, possibly, possibly. And um, uh, so I, I sort of, I sort of. Um, sort of did a turn and kind of followed him a little bit um, as he was walking to his car. And um, I, I sort of, he sort of turned and, and he saw me staring at him and um, I kind of didn't know how to address him, Colby. So um, do you call him Jimmy? Do you call him Jimmy Floyd? Do you call him Mr. Hasselman? <laughs> um Anyway, so I kind of, he, he had AirPods in, so um, he couldn't really hear me. He's just flexing his AirPods on you. Just, um, so as he kind of got to his car, I kind of sort of, Got to him, and then I said, "Good day, Jimmy Floyd," and he just <laughs> took what took one airpod out and gave me a nod
1: and um, jumped in his car. Oh, still you taking the airpod out. He's acknowledged <laughs> you. You guys are pretty tight. I think so. Next time I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a photo, but um, yeah, it was a,
3: a good sort of um, good sort of '90s, 2000s Premier League uh, signing. So
2: pretty, pretty happy with that. George, just for the uh, listeners, thanks for telling us the short version of the story. <laughs> how much, how much more we could have
3: got out of that? Uh, I mean, there's, well, there's uh, an uh, unedited version which I'm happy to tell everyone offline.
1: That was your that was your moment of the week, surely, George? But uh, boys, what what else stood out for you this week, uh, George? Oh, no, obviously, Andy hasn't prepared.
3: But, uh, <laughs> I've um, I'm trying to be polite, and, you know, I,
2: I've
3: I've got to say. Uh, going back to midweek the, uh, in the Champions League um, not the obvious one you'd think uh, the actual Spurs' goal first goal against Red Star Belgrade I don't know if you saw it uh, guys but it was an absolute uh, comedy uh, comedy of uh, missed shots uh, hit post hits and uh, it took about four tries for them to LaSalle sort of finally bundle the ball in so it was um, absolute absolute gold from them and it's sort of indicative of, of how they're going at the moment even though they, they won the game comfortably
1: yeah, that looked like a FIFA goal to me, only in, in FIFA that wouldn't go in and the, the other team would immediately break up and score on you in the other end. Yeah, it was about three, two
3: posters. Uh, uh, I don't know what was going on. A couple of missed shots, missed, missed kicks from Harry Kane. It was, it, it was, you just needed that, um, that uh, clown music in the background.
2: Coles, <laughs> mine, uh, mine was that, was also also from midweek and from the obvious one, that was the, uh, the Chelsea Ajax game. Kurt Zuma's gallop up the pitch, uh, you know, with, with the team 3-1 down, the slowest and most inelegant step-overs at the edge of the box and then to fire the ball, fucking knows what, what direction, <laughs> um, and then to cut to Lampard laughing, I thought it was just, uh, just gold, absolutely goal
1: if ever there was a player who looked like a creaking centre-back going on an expedition up the pitch, it's, it's Kurt Zuma. He, he really looked the part there.
2: Oh, he, he had, like, touches of Yaya Toure about him when he was making that <laughs> run. He, no, really, really. I was, I was this is going to be amazing. And, um, just to see where he put that ball. Like, now, it, it, as you'll appreciate, someone someone who's sprayed a few in their time, it's, um, it's pretty good. It was like
3: a freight train.
2: Everyone was getting out of his way. <laughs> well, he did. He did take someone out with him as well. Actually, as he as as he hit the shot, I don't know who the defender was. but He took someone else down too. So
1: low turning circle and uh, yeah, unstoppable. Even by himself. Uh, boys, mine. Mine is. Um, mine is actually the the next next generation of uh, Australian football uh, looking bright. Um, you know, it's it's not not like uh, football fans to get excited about hot young prospects, but it it looks like we're we're starting to to have a a few maybe uh, in Australian football. Um, Shout out to the Joeys um, for reaching the uh, under-17 World Cup round of 16 before getting promptly dicked by a pretty superior France (laughs) side. Uh, the, the, game was, the game was pretty heavily influenced by a pretty harsh red card, um, but plenty of positives for Oz football because um, these, these kids are the first generation who have gone through the, the new, like, full development pathway here since the reforms came in. So, like, more small-sided technical stuff and, and like, products of the A-League academies, which didn't exist, like, 15 years ago. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what this, like, new crop can do. Um, considering there, there was a massive gap before them, we basically just had nothing in Australia. Um, and they beat the they beat Nigeria to get there, who are like the five time under seventeen World Cup champions, always win under seventeen World Cups. And you got got a few bright players there as well. Uh, the inaugural Dylan Tombidi's medal winner Noah Botic, um, and also uh, our boy Al Hassan Toure. I was week, waiting for this, goal. I was waiting. Declaring for it. <laughs> that he wants to play for Australia, was we'll very hard to, into Al Hassan to the ruse, he's leaned into the ruse, so expect a, expect an Ollie Roos call up imminently
3: I I I just thought Arnie should have just put him in put him in the squad just lock it down What was he doing Lock him down No oh, well, no no time to change his mind Cap him
1: Yeah that's <laughs> right that? yeah that's right like we did for Arnie, just put a cap on him <laughs> Yeah put a cap on him Um also sort of mini moment of the week uh, the the pod's got top fans on Facebook now boys uh, no idea what you need to have top fans. Maybe you just need to exist, but uh, you know, isn't I it just Damo to... Colby? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just too, uh... It actually was just Damo. <laughs> <laughs> and because you'd think like all of us, all of us who host the pod, there are like six regular hosts. You'd think we'd all be top fans, but actually, it was just Demo. Uh, that, but we that actually we put have a... the rest of
2: us to shame. How can Damo... I don't know what he's doing. Also, Damon was one of the later comers to the pod. It's pretty disappointing. You, you, Tommy, myself, you know, Jesse's not on there.
1: How are we not top fans? <laughs> Gotta to put some, put some more likes in there. Get some
2: I don't know. I don't know how much more time Tommy can spend on Facebook. I, I don't know what he has to do to be a top fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a real, uh, it's a real injustice. Boys, own goals. What, what stood out for you in the, in the wrong way this week?
3: Well, uh, I've got one, and uh, it's it's sort of been it's it's been getting on my nerves uh, for the last few months. Actually, uh, Colby, you ask you ask why every time there's an MTag fantasy review, and I'm I'm leading it. There's all these snide comments about how how I don't change my team and I don't put any effort in. May I remind you guys? I was ninth a few months ago, and I'm still going okay, and I'm beating. Where all you are you guys. sitting now? Oh, listen, that, why does it matter? But uh, <laughs>
2: it's,
3: what it is, Colby, it's just too much arrogance when I'm, I'm actually on top of all you guys. You don't so. rotate the team. I do rotate it. You, you guys got to pa- pay ask. more attention. Pay more attention yeah, to no my moves. Yeah, no subs. Pay more attention to my moves. So uh, this week, actually, uh, this week actually, <laughs> right, guys, next, I, I... Next I time we do an update, Jamie, we'll have to
1: do a spotlight on George. Captain Jamie Vardy this week, actually. So. Oh, so did I, mate. He's, he's, no, he's not a differential anymore. Yeah, Everyone's have, on board the Vardy party. You must have been keeping uh, a close eye on my team, Colby. That's <laughs> I've just you. been taking taking a few tips from the, the the George playbook. Yeah,
3: so that's 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 my own goal. Just sort of get some. Right, we should, we back. should put
1: some more respect on George's yes, name, but you yes. know we'll have to watch how he's doing because uh, you know if there's a if there's an MTag host that uh, gets above you in Breathing the rankings, look name. out,
4: look yes.
3: out. The the other one I had. Um, and I'm sure you saw it, uh, Cole, was the um, the VAR decision in the um, Sheffield United Spurs game. Yeah, that, that's absolutely strange. I, I mean, maybe his toenail was offside, or um, I think it was Lundstrom who they called it in the first phase of play and, and uh, disallowed McGoldrick's goal. So I thought that was really, really harsh. That's and it looked <laughs> like Eric Dyer's knee was ahead of Lundstrom's foot, but they, they took it from the foot or... Oh, sh- so it was a very very strange decision, and watching the game, you know, the the crowd was was sort of incensed by by it. No one could understand. It was also yeah, I mean, it had that element to it, and also there was a second phase of play almost. So it was um, quite an interesting decision.
1: Yeah, it, it's not only that it was a, just like a, an absolute line ball, but it was yeah, you're right. It was it was it seemed to be a phase of play almost removed from the actual goal. It was in the build up, um, and I mean I mean. It doesn't seem to be what the VAR is actually there for as well to sort of judge these like toes and shoulders offside. Um, it, it, like I reckon you probably just need to go back to like a if VAR is going to get involved, have it be a subjective check by the VARF as to whether the attacking team got an advantage, sort of, and so then you just rule out the the howlers. Yeah, and it, I mean it has it has to be clear error or a clear offside it can't you
3: can't have like not just you know, technically correct single, like every single offside no or every single every single part hair of the body. that's going to yeah hair. exactly exactly so i think it's 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 becoming ridiculous and you know um it's it's like a it's almost like when they do a, a dead heat in, in a horse race that's sort of what they're, they're they're just looking for the any inch of any part of the the, the body that's yeah. like over or in and, and it's offside so i just it's, it's becoming quite frustrating and it's really become a big issue uh, over here as well.
2: It just seems like it's the Premier League hasn't implemented it properly. We always talk about how well it was used at the World Cup and it, it seemed to work properly there, whereas uh, the way it's it's worked this year in, in the intelligence has been right.
1: Yeah, that's right. We um, One of our one of our Twitter followers, um, Arto Hakkinen, basically said it best when he said, you know, is a couple of centimetres really clear and obvious to the naked eye at life speed? Because if it's not, then... What are we doing? It's it just seems like this is just not right.
3: And and also, um, just one more thing. I mean, the the lines are drawn by a, a human. Yeah. So
1: Microsoft Paint. Exactly.
3: Microsoft Paint. So I mean, I'm pretty. Good oh at no, that's A League. <laughs> oh, that's A League. But I mean, I'm pretty good at paint and Photoshop. But I, I don't know how the the VAR guy how good he, he is. So
2: well, they they acknowledge it's not necessarily 100 percent accurate either. So if we can allow for for error there, we, can, we should just be work, working with that same standard on the pitch.
1: Uh, Andy, uh, own goal for you this week, mate.
2: Um, couple, but I've just I just want to know what's going on at Arsenal. I, I think there's um, they're they're on on the verge of, of clubbing crisis stuff with their their captain refusing to play, their manager throwing him under the bus. Uh, you know, for for anyone that doesn't know, him, you know, the other two weeks ago. Obviously, uh, Gunnar Jack was booed and, and took the armband off, um, got up his own fans, and and it, even despite his statement, and this. Midweek, uh, uh, Emery came out and said, "Oh, Jack is not going to play this week. He's told me he can't play. He's not f- like he's fit, but he doesn't want to play. Why, Emery? Even if that's the case, I don't know why Emery would say that in a press conference and basically throw Jack under the bus. I mean, I wouldn't be picking Jacker anyway, but that's a, a separate, separate argument. But uh, for the, the club captain to say he can't play, like, or, or it's just, it's just a bit." soft, like he's, okay, you've wound up the fans, you've done the Acardi. you're the club captain, the only way to, to beat this is to get out and play and, and you know, to, to do the job you're supposed to do as, as a captain in the, in the middle of the park, and that's to, you know, get stuck in and... and get red cards and... Um... Yeah, well, but you know, at least like show a bit of, um, uh, just a bit of fight or something, because that team is just lacking it at the moment, they, they haven't, just don't seem to have any, any guts about them, so...
1: Yeah, well, and Shaka was the, the the person that had been identified by Emery and surely others at the club as as being the the one capable of being that on field leader. And then because of this um, sort of I guess PR debacle, now it basically is he 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 has to be uh, has to have been stripped of the captaincy, and they've they've made a Bamiung the the captain at least for the time being. Um, and you know, if you've got a you've got a manager like Emery who's not the biggest, you know, who's never been the biggest sort of. Leader, I suppose. Um, yeah. you've, you've got to have some big on-field leaders, um, so it's just it's just a complete mess at the moment.
2: And, and it's weird because he was the one he was picked by the dressing room as the captain. It was at the time apparently it was him and and Bellerin, and uh, and the dressing room thought thought that Jacker had the the sort of qualities that they needed to have um, in, in a captain. So I don't know what that does for the rest of the dressing room as well to to throw them either. For, for you know, whether you agree with his, the way he plays or you know. Think he's he's a good addition to that team or not? Uh, his teammates obviously thought he was the guy, so uh, it, it's not good for the rest of the squad if uh, if yeah. I mean, I just it, it it sets up again a camp between his teammates and, and his mates and uh, and the manager who's under enough pressure as it is.
1: More on this uh, later in the in the podcast uh, when we'll uh, talk about that Arsenal Leicester match and Arsenal's woes in a bit more detail. My own goal, boys, is the uh, the Brescia ultras. They've released a, a statement defending um, the Verona fans, some of whom got up to like 11-year stadium bans after shouting racist abuse at Mario Balotelli in, in their match last week. And, and some of the, the Brescia Ultras uh, statement, I'll, I'll read a bit out. It says, we condemn any gesture or provocation that's clearly hostile and discriminatory, but we would also like to give our solidarity for those who once again saw their liberty destroyed like, so, you just there's, don't know when to shut up. No, like, there's, a, this, a, there's
2: this uh, weird camaraderie amongst the ultras that had that, a similar issue <laughs> with um, the Calgary ultras who were also uh, abusing Balotelli a few weeks ago and also the Interfans that did the same thing. Um, it, it's weird. They, they're racist and they hate each other and want to like bottle and throw flares at each other. But then, but they don't, they don't want anyone banned. to tell them they, they can't be racist. Get, no, and they don't want anyone to get banned because that's, that's against your your, uh, your liberties. So, yeah, Weird.
1: Well, I think, that's, I think that's a sign, though, that uh, these these big bands are the way to go and the, and the way to get to, you know, hopefully get a, a change in culture um, in Italy at the moment, and unless you have another idea here. Andy, it seems like this is the only thing that they really care about.
2: No, one thing they're doing quite well over there. Is they've actually started implanting um, all the, the CCTV technology in the, in the stadiums to actually identify who is in, involved in the chance. So when stuff like that happens in some of the newer stadiums, they can actually use, you know, facial recognition stuff that they've got uh, in the stadiums to, to pick out exactly who it was. So um, the, the league are taking it more seriously, but I don't think they're getting the PR side of it right.
1: Yeah, long way to go there. Long way to go in this show too, boys. Massive show coming up today. Um, Match day 12 of the Premier League uh, and match day 4 of the Champions League group stages. And later on in the show, we'll have the Ladies League join us to talk round 5 of the A-League, Matilda's news and upcoming W League season. Uh, But first, let's get into the Premier League.
2: Stones in retreat. Marty prepared
0: to take him on. Angelino got in front of Salah importantly. Here's Fabinho. What a hit! Oh, what a hit! It flashed past Bravo. That is a goal of a lifetime. It's a move that began controversially in the other box and may still be subject to VAR examination. But it was a fulminating flyer from Fabinho. Henderson. Delicious cross, Mane! (laughs) Who catches Liverpool now? Still six weeks till Christmas, still six months of the season to go, 26 games each to play, but 30 years on, right here, right now, it feels like Liverpool's to lose. The final score at a semi-celebratory Anfield, Liverpool 3, Manchester City 1.
1: The headline fixture of this weekend of Premier League football was uh, Liverpool hosting Manchester City. And it would be Liverpool who would take all three points in controversial circumstances. Here's Jesse with the recap. MTag is more than a game as it's
4: Jesse here for the Liverpool Manchester City review. So obviously this is billed as one of the games of the season. It always is a huge game between these two teams and it didn't let anyone down this was fantastic football um, frenetic at the beginning Manchester City really started strongly pins Liverpool in their half and looked to have earned a penalty when Bernardo Silva went into the box and uh, once he went down and it sprayed into Trent's hand um, there was a, a question from the Manchester City players as to whether or not it was a handball or not um, for me, this is a 50-51. I mean, I could understand if the penalty was given. I could also understand if it wasn't. In this case, it wasn't. Um, it, it really, again, highlights the issues with the VAR when a, a um, referee doesn't make a decision because unless they can find concrete or clear or obvious um, evidence that the referee made a, a mistake, they just won't make any, um, any action on it or they won't take any action on it. So... Uh, this decision was left the way it was. In the meantime, Liverpool went down the other end uh, in the same movement and Fabinho scored an absolute scorcher, um, which really uh, infuriated Pep and City. Um, but not long after, it was some beautiful football by, um, by Trent with a left-footed diagonal over to Robbo and then a lovely pass over the back for Mo Salah to finish. And all of a sudden, City were 2 all down and hadn't done a lot wrong. So really clinical finishing by, by Liverpool in a short space of time. Um, the 10-minute spell after half time was always going to be a testing one because City are so good in those those 10 minutes and score a lot of goals usually. So really pleasing when uh, Hendo popped up on the right and passed it over. Um, Bravo, who was just a little bit indecisive, that was his, probably his major error of the night, and Mane putting into the bottom corner. So 3-0 up and um, even at 3-0 up I was still very nervous, um, just being a... A Liverpool fan who always um, is sweating to the last minute, and, and Liverpool ensured that I would be because Bernardo Silva got in and scored a goal in the 77th minute and did a great job at, um, at fighting back. They looked like they could score again a couple minutes later. Um, Agüero missed good chances. Again, the curse goes on for him. Sterling looked dangerous but couldn't put the ball away as well, so he's yet to score at Anfield again in City colours. So a tough day at the office for City and a frustrating one for Pep. Um, he was very coy in his post-match interview about all of the refereeing decisions, but he did do a very sarcastic handshake, as I saw you guys already shared um, at the end with Michael Oliver. So tough day for City, but from a Liverpool perspective, very pleased with that result. Um, I know that we've had some good results against City uh, over the years recently, especially in the Champions League, um, but they really have had the edge on us, particularly winning the silverware the last couple of years. So. Uh, really pleasing to get points considering we didn't get many last year at these fixtures um, and it really gives us a nice platform now to, to launch so very early days this is one Liverpool fan that is not getting ahead of himself
0: Ricardo, two Ricardo for Bonnie! beautifully sleek. Roll for Vardy and Madison drills it in Leicester the flying there's something happening here again this is a sparkling team and he's quite a player
1: uh, yes, boys, lots of other big games this weekend uh, in the Premier League and a few big results too, um, but let's talk about Leicester-Arsenal. Uh, Leicester, who are very convincing two nil winners over Arsenal at the King Power. Um, boys, when I spoke with Tommy last week uh, about Leicester, his team, who he backed to finish fourth, when I asked him whether they could seriously challenge City and Liverpool, he, he pretty much brushed me off. Now, now you both predicted Leicester to finish ninth and tenth in our <laughs> pre-season predictions – Performances and results have, have turned a little bit since then. Uh, do you think they could seriously challenge us here?
2: Seriously challenge? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I look. I definitely see them finishing top four the way they're playing at the moment. Uh, but no, I, I don't think they're going to challenge City and Liverpool just yet. Um, That's it. They're very good. Yeah. Also, can we just not revisit pre-season predictions ever again? I may have mentioned my, uh, well, I can't remember where I called Watford, but yeah, that was not right. Well, I predicted
1: Watford to finish 11th and they're probably going to get relegated. I predicted uh, Sheffield to finish rock bottom and they're so probably going to finish in a Europa League spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we can get it found out on a, on a few things at the end of the season, but you never know. Long season. Yeah, so so Leicester, Leicester are sitting, uh, I think, in second at the moment. Yeah, I think they yeah. they're second till. The... Yeah, so. But um, uh, uh, well, they're, they're I, seriously. You know, there's not there's not much between them, uh, points wise, uh, between them and City and Liverpool at the moment. So.
3: Well, they they keep being, um, you know, the teams in front, everyone in front of them. They, they keep getting results, and the game yesterday, you, you just always had a sense Leicester um, had 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 a goal or two in them and. You know, Madison and, and Vardy were and Tillman's were were, were really, were really all sort of linking up, and you just got the sense that um, they were going to break Arsenal. And um,
1: you, they did, just it, comprehensively beat them. Arsenal didn't look like they had a chance the whole, pretty much the whole game. They had they had one shot on Arsenal had one shot on target, which is the the, the least by a, a big six team this season, and they just didn't I look think, a chance.
2: I think that was from um, from Bellerin as well, wasn't it? It was, it was. Um, but
3: the, the the decision by uh, Emery, the the he's his, the way the way he lined up with uh, you know a back sort of three with Kalasinac and um, Bellerin sort of wing backs, it just didn't work. And I think it might have been to counter some of you know Leicester's speed on the break, but they just had no. Um, no, nothing going forward and, and then you know even even as the game went on and they went 1-0 down he, he didn't make any changes he, I think he brought Pepe on with like you know t- 15 minutes to go and, and they were already was it maybe 1 or 2 down I, I can't remember now but it just it was really really sort of it just clearly wasn't working and he didn't have anything in his locker to, to change the game or yeah, I mean you, if you've got yeah, like- an 80 million pound guy on the bench and you're you're, you're down you, you would think you'd, you'd look to him but he, he sort of just didn't and um, it it was very obvious to see that it, it just wasn't clicking.
1: But so yeah, let let's let's talk a bit more about Arsenal boys. Um, and, and you mentioned Emery's tactics, George. Do you think he knows his best eleven? No,
3: no, I don't. Like sometimes he's got Torreira in, sometimes he doesn't. Um, I think the you know the back three is. I think Socrates was out as this week, and you know he had sort of um, holding in. It's just and and Chambers. So just sort of. He's, he's mixing and matching and, it, and nothing's clicking and it's sort of, you know, 12, 13 games into the season so you'd, you'd expect some sort of formula to, you know, to, to have been landed at this stage and, you know, all he, he's just relying on a Bamiyang Lacazette to, to get them out of jail every week and it's sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's just not working.
1: They're not even doing the the one thing that they're supposed to be good at, right, which is attacking. Like uh, as I just said before, they had one shot on target. They've, they've scored 16 league goals this season, which is as many goals as Lewandowski scored for Bayern. So, I mean, they're supposed to just be good at attacking and they're not even doing that. Really well, as we saw in this game, um, you know, which I guess you have to credit a little bit to the way Leicester played and dominated them. But uh, you know, to uh, have only 16 goals after 12 games, it's it's just not enough, and and that's the thing that they're supposed to be good at.
2: You, you, you're 100 percent right, Colby. That's, that's exactly what um what what, what it crossed my mind, and. Uh, the other thing I just, again, find a, a little bit com- confusing is like, you just don't know what the players' roles are either. Like, when uh, Torreira's in and out of the lineup, like, he should be in there every week. But What's he in there to do? Well, that's ex- exactly right. Like, some weeks he's in to cover the back three and, and, and defend, and then other times they want him to go box to box. Like, it, it's not easy for them either. And and Emory, after the games, oh, one thing we're, I'm pleased about is, you know, we're in a tough spot, but we, we defended much better this week. Did they? I don't think they did. Well, yeah, uh,
1: he conceded again. two goals and it could have been a lot more and if, if lot Leicester took a few more chances. Yeah, yeah and I
2: thought Burnt Leno had a really good game as well. Uh, I, I, yeah, well, we I mentioned, I, I I mentioned really a stat on the
1: that. pod last week. Burnt Leno's had the most saves out of uh, any of the well, – he's faced the most shots as well out of um, most of the keepers. So he's up there with um, you know the, the teams in the relegation zones in terms of shots faced. So it's, it's a credit to him that Arsenal aren't in the relegation zone considering how many shots he's had to deal with.
2: Exactly right. So I, I just sort of I'm, I'm very curious about what what the story is with Emery here, and, and what what it is that they're they're trying to build at, at at the Emirates. But
1: and and boys, we've been speaking. We asked this um of of Tommy and Damon and Jesse a couple of weeks ago, and we've been speaking about it for a while. But um, Sal Sal talks soccer. Wants to know: Are we Emery in or Emory out?
3: I think uh, I heard a funny conspiracy theory last week, Colby. Um, uh, the Arsenal fans. They want, they want Emery out so Freddie Lundberg can take over. Oh, oh, he, he's an assistant coach there. So I think there, there's a few Arsenal fans praying for that. So uh, so he can do a, do a Frank Lampard or Solskjaer
2: and uh, rescue, the, rescue the season for them.
1: Seems to be a bit of the fashion at the moment.
2: Former former heroes taking, uh, taking the reins. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd get around Freddie Lundberg if I was an Arsenal fan.
1: Uh, all right, boys. Uh, elsewhere in North London, Spurs continued their winless run at home uh, to Sheffield. Uh, that one finishing one all, uh, and you have to say that Spurs were incredibly lucky to even get a point out of that match. We we mentioned the uh, the VAR controversy already, boys, but is, is that the worst application of VAR you've seen in in the Premier League this season? Yeah,
2: look, there's a few contenders, but uh, yeah, it not, might just be this offside thing is just not right. We talked about it a bit already, but
1: because I mean, we we put it. We put a poll out on on Twitter asking whether yeah, Bouldock's toe against uh, Tottenham or, or Son's shoulder against Leicester was worse, and and Baldock's toe against Spurs is uh, a big big front runner. So uh, yeah, it, it seems like a few people probably agree with you on that one. It was Harry Kane looked like he
3: was a bit underdone and had an off day, and he really just it w- wasn't clicking at all for for Spurs. Um, they had I think Lascelles got his first start, but. Um, you know he couldn't he couldn't influence the, the game, um, and it was it was funny that um, they had Lucas Moore on the bench and you know Pochettino didn't. Want he to looked use good it. when he came on yeah, too, but he, he only came on with sort of five ten minutes to go. So what, yeah, I don't like, I don't know what, what he what he's what, done
1: what he, what's he done to, to Poch. Yeah, I'm not sure. Why, why can't he get on?
3: He couldn't get on, and Kane was yeah as I said underdone and not making a huge impact, and he's, he's loath to, to put Moore in, and obviously started Ericsson on the bench as well, so Ericsson's probably finally in the, in the bad books. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna um, get get starts when you every co- week.
1: When you compare Poch to uh, Emery in terms of um, savviness and and knowing how you know knowing how to control the messaging and stuff, you've you've got to you've got to give that to Poch because he he knows that um, if he if he doesn't play uh, Mora, he's going to get some heat. But if he doesn't play Kane, he's going to get lynched basically. So um I think I think he knows how to you know who who to play when. But yeah, like you can't leave um Moore on the bench for, for that long, especially in, in the kind of form he's been in, in the past six months. Um I, I tell you who had a dog shit game uh was Eric Dyer. Yeah. Uh, gets it gets a yellow in the second minute after putting a hit up on Baldock. Um and I, I read some stats about him. He he lost possession twenty two times and misplaced twenty passes in that game.
2: Yeah, that's that's, that's he's really yeah. I mean, he,
3: he's he's one guy that's really just gone off the boil.
1: Uh, he's really trending downwards for a guy that was like in and around the England squad uh, a couple of years ago, and and looked to be a sort of mainstay there, and, and you know could play in heaps of different positions. And now he can barely get a game for Spurs, and when he does, he's playing like that. So it's, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, you,
2: you're right about um, uh, Poch getting the, the messaging right, so sort of working his team around, you know, not not being afraid to drop the players and bring them in and out. Uh, like I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Erickson again at some point um, the way, we think about the way he's sort of handled like Danny Rose in the past and it's it's got to be time to maybe drop Dyer as well and, and bring someone
1: else Yeah, and, and you sort of do feel for Potts he's done such a good job with, with not much investment relative to the other big six um, over a, a long time and to keep this group together but now it looks like it's you know the, the cracks are finally getting too much and he can't, there's only so many sort of um, holes that he can he can really plug. You know, Eriksson looks like he's lost interest. Um, yeah. he's, he's got reliable, all these players out of D- form. Danny Rose
3: and Serge Aurier, when, yeah. he, when he wanted them out, yeah, they yeah. wanted to leave. And it's um, yeah, he had been papering over the cracks and doing well, but now it's sort of it's coming undone. Ah, um, oh,
1: boys, let's let's get a word on on Sheffield now. Um, let's give him some yeah, love, otherwise out we'll, we'll out the have. Way. Well, I've uh calling us up and and, and not happy. So look, Sheffield dominated. It's it's too many complaints about Sheffield. They they got seriously lucky with that VAR decision. Unlucky. Oh, uh, yeah, that's VAR. a bit hard. <laughs> they uh, basically made one defensive error to give Spurs a goal. Uh, yet they're still in fifth on the table after twelve games. Uh, how impressed have you been with them?
3: What what impressed me. This game was—they had that decision go against them. They're one-nil down, and they just kept hammering Spurs, hammering them until until eventually um, they they got their goal. So yeah, showed showed serious spirit, and were, were able to keep keep going when you know a lot of there was, there was a big break uh, for the VAR decision to be made, and they they had a lot of momentum, and, and they could have killed killed the momentum and killed the confidence, and and they just sort of kept fighting. So it was super impressive.
1: And Baldock uh, as well really impressed me in that game. And he he got the – he was credited for the goal in the end, meaning that he's now scored in um, all five of England's top leagues. Journeyman.
3: Yeah, Journeyman. And uh, it was quite an interesting uh, finish, if you want to call that. It it looked like a a – The old
1: cross-cum shot. (laughs) cross-cum shot.
3: Eric Dyer, you know, (laughs) potentially flicking it on as well. Your man, Colby, might have got a touch on on that uh, as well. So, yeah, it was all – It was a bit of an ugly one, but um, I think they deserved
1: it. And they've only lost one away league game in 2019. So basically the the only other team who's done that is Liverpool. So um, they're they're, they're putting together a pretty impressive run of performances, particularly away from home as well. So. George Chelsea are also in a great run of form, um, running out a convincing two 0 win over Crystal Palace. Um, they've they've now put together a run of six consecutive Premier League games um, for the first time uh, since 2017 under Conte when they last won the title. Frank um, manager of the month, Colby, yeah. manager of the month, big accolade. Uh, on top of that, um, they, they name their youngest 11 starting 11 with an average age of 24 years and 88 days. George, uh, is this season the best ever performance by a group of kids since the first season of Stranger Things?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with that, Colby. I, I, every young guy that's been given a go has has grabbed, grabbed the chance and they, they all just seem ready to go. Reese James started um, the future. The future. Uh, he, he, he started in place of Quetta and... And he absolutely didn't miss a beat. He was—he was. He looked uh, brilliant. He—he he, he, he put Zaha out of the game, and for a guy to come in and do that,
1: it was—it was really. Impressive. And he was playing so confidently as well. You wouldn't know that that was his Premier League debut, or uh, well, yeah. starting debut at least. Um, he was he was sort of tucking in, joining in the attack like um, like you sort of see from Trent Alexander Arnold. He was putting in quality delivery. Uh, yeah, like you said, he took Zaha out of the game as well. I mean, sometimes it doesn't take much to frustrate Zaha. No, but he, um, you could tell
3: you spent, could tell it was one of those he games. Spent a
2: lot of time on his ass.
1: Yeah, yeah he did. He did a great job. Uh,
3: but you know, so you had you had him, you had uh, Tamori, you had you know Mount Abraham Pulisic. Like it was a you know it was good that Kante was back but um the, the drive driving enthusiasm of these guys is is sort of um, really really impressive and and they they've done so well just and none of those guys had really played in the premier league so you've got to remember that first first off um, Tammy had had a season at Swansea but um, the the rest of the guys there have not played in the Premier League and they're all sort of twenty. But yeah, t- Tammy's
1: really made the step up too, hasn't he, George? Um, and and looks a looks a real natural striker, which yeah. Chelsea haven't had in a in a long time.
3: Yeah, and and Mason the- Mount as well. Like those guys were were you know playing in the Championship last year. sig had never played in the Premier League. It took him an, an extra few weeks, and um, Tamori as well from the Championship. So it, it's it's just fantastic and. And it just goes to show, I think, um, how how battle hardened they were after playing in the championship uh, the year before. So maybe that's a maybe that's a way through for you know uh, youth players at, at all big clubs to you know cut their teeth in the championship and then um, throw them into the Premier League because that that seems to be an effective way of getting them getting ready to go
2: and I feel I wonder if I feel, I feel like these guys these young players that have come through one, it makes such a difference that they've been playing together in the championship as well some of them but I feel like they're also in sort of reinvigorating some of the older guys in the squad Like I thought William was brilliant this game um, I thought his, his flick for, for Tammy for the first was great but he was just picking balls around and taking shots and I think he's looked really good the last couple of weeks uh, I sort of feel like there's this, this youthful energy that we're talking about from uh, the bridge, it's, it's helping the other players. Quetta mid, midweek. Like, I, I feel like this just a good vibe at the bridge at the moment, George. Very good vibe. I can, I can test Yeah, that. and every,
1: everything's sort of coming off for them, like you say, like that little flick. And, and, and Tammy, like we were saying before about him being a natural striker, he's barely touched the ball all game and then gets that flick and just calmly just slots it. Um, yeah, that that's the—that's a sign of a, a real form strike, he'd say.
3: Well, a sign of a good team is... When they don't actually play well and win, and this was pretty pretty much an example of that, it was sort of uh, they couldn't break Crystal Palace down for most of the game. They were sort of
1: well, they had to be really patient in this game. Yeah, really
3: patient, but it, it wasn't clicking, and they really missed Jorginho. So, speaking of um, you know leaders, he, he he's the guy I think that has really stepped up this season, and you know they've made him vice captain, and then he he was sort of a. They were missing that guy who could sort of play that through ball or play that big forward pass to split defence. Um, so it was really noticeable yesterday against Palace, and, and and it was good they were able to sort of find a goal. And the the one guy that really stood out yesterday it it, it was Christian Pulisic. Like his his touch, it, I I sort of implore people to go and have a look at some of his some of his play in the box. It was sort of Hazard esque. His close control, um, that that ability to turn, um. When you so he's sort of got that centre of gravity that's very low to the ground, and the Palace defenders couldn't get near him. Um, he was he was that good. His touch was just exceptional, and he could have had a, a couple more um, on another day. Well, he
1: he put he put Ward on his ass so many times. Yeah. The poor bloke did a hammy, and then yeah. when Kelly came on, Pulisic was just you know making him look like he was playing on skates as well. It just he was just the the way he's close control and dribbling. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got no left foot, but he he makes up for it with his movement and and the way he he sort of holds onto the ball. It's and, um, 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 it's, it's really nice to watch. And he's headering, Colby. It's, it's <laughs> <who and you? laughs> he's got to, Yeah, get yourself a man who can do it all. Giroud-esque. Uh, and is, has he locked down his spot now, George? Sure.
3: Yeah, I'd say I'd say he. he well, the, the the good thing is you've got. You, Frank's got the ability to, to start Hudson and on, on the bench, so you know you've got Willian, you've got Pulisic, you've got Mount who can play wide, and Hudson and and as well you've got uh, Pedro who can't can't get a look in. So I think yeah, I good, think he's, good
1: problem to have. Yeah,
3: it, it is, and and I think what you'll see is um, I think Hudson Adoy will, will slowly start getting introduced and starting, but he, he's a he's a good guy to have off the bench because you know he he can just yeah. Uh, Tear a defence down, just uh, in you know coming off the bench and running at dive.
2: Players, yeah.
3: So, um, but then you've got options, so you can play Mount and Willie and inside, and you can have an extra winger on on the field. So, um, it, it's looking good. But but Pulisic is yeah, he he, he stepped up, and uh, the last month he's he's, he's been um, really really good.
1: All right, next up, uh, we'll be joined by the ladies' league to recap round five of the A League. Talk us through the latest Matildas news as well as the upcoming W League season. joined by Rose and Chrissy from the Ladies League, uh, who you might have heard of if you've ever been on Twitter during pretty much any A-League, W-League, Matildas, Socceroos game in the past couple of years. Uh, But if not, you'd probably describe them as a clothing label, YouTubers, documentary filmmakers, football banter merchants, and future CEOs of the FFA all rolled into one. Rose and Chrissy, welcome to More Than A Game. Great to have you on the show.
5: Hello and thank you for having us. Thank you. That was the best in- intro we've ever heard in our lives. Loving that, for that <laughs> CEO part. Yeah, I know. Can't wait. We're just starting out our campaign, so thank you for having us. Um, Look, it's, it's been no a- Simon
1: Hill quote, but uh, you know it'll have to do.
5: Yeah, I know, right? I know we might need to update our bio now. <laughs> <laughs> More than a game gave us a really good review. Yeah, I'm putting that on business cards. <laughs> you <can> use that <laughs> one. It just get me another job. Uh, yeah, first, no, thank you for having us.
1: Oh, all good. Um, first off, guys, uh, how did you get into football and what made you want to start TLL?
5: Oh, my gosh. Well, like,
6: Chrissy, what? Well, let's start how with Chrissy. How did right? you get into football? How did I get into football? Typical WOG family. We're always <laughs> around football. Our lives revolved around football, but of course, I didn't fall in love with it till 17. It was just another ball game to me. And being the tomboy that I am, I would play every sport possible. But 17, FFA Cup semi-final between Rockdale City and Melbourne Victory. The atmosphere of that game is just what made me fall in love. And I guess for myself, um, you know, my
5: brother, having an older brother, there's always FIFA happening in the house, all the boys are there playing FIFA, talking about football all the time. But like, I think the A-League didn't start for me until my friend Lenny would start taking me to Adelaide United Games um, because I didn't really know much about the A-League at the time. So when it launched, I actually wasn't following. Um, and then yeah, just slowly it went from there being someone who loves football it before, you know, it, I had Foxtel watching five games a week, watching every round and, um, that's when TLL kind of started when I got a bit bored and I went, I started TLL on a, um, Batuta sort of, uh, avenue, kind of like a <laughs> satire, um, it, because you know, it's, I'd, I'd watch, um, at that time I, I knew more about the A-League than I did know about the W-League. And so I started writing about the A-League because, you know, funny things would happen and so I'd write satire and it was just a hobby and it was funny and it was just a way for me to learn how to create a website. Writing crap and people (laughs) were really liking it and it was getting funnier. And then just A-League things started happening and the things that were happening on the pitch were actually funnier than anything that I could think of in my head. So that's where it kind of fell to what it is today where it's... It's like a half half. Like, we still talk about facts and everything, um, but we put our own personality into it. So, a lot of people do, you know, they. But they come across TLL and they question it and they go, well, this, you know, this doesn't sound right. This sounds very biased. This sounds this. And it's like, well, yes, that's what TLL is. Like <laughs> we are, we are fans, um, speaking, speaking of our mind fans, yeah. and you know, it's like, you know, something will happen to the team and we say, what well, the bleep was that? Uh, we're still in bleep mode here because we just
6: filmed and we just kept saying bleep for everything. <laughs> there's no bleeps on, than, there's no you know. bleeps
1: on more than a game. Go for your life. <laughs>
6: Yeah, so so Michelle's not here today, we have to bleep our and stuff, but it's good to be able to start swearing now and we don't get uh, Fuck sm- you, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yourself. Um no and what then, a relationship we have.
5: And then so obviously uh TLL started getting very popular, started getting a lot of follows. Uh I couldn't handle the workload. Uh, that's when I approached people like Chrissy, said, Hey, do you wanna help me out? Um and then we start slowly approaching more people and then put ads on, you know, Twitter saying does anyone else want to join? And that's where it's sort of uh, fell into what it is today that I've got roughly 15 girls, uh, this season, uh, working slash volunteering for TLL, <laughs> uh, across all, you know, writing contributors, uh, media, photography, all different areas, and they're all contributing in different ways. Um, and it's now just turned into this really amazing community. Um, this just amazing support network that we all have. Yeah. Just from posting, I've somehow created a community um, and I'm surrounded by all these wonderful women who want to help me make this something
6: amazing and are all just very supportive. Yeah, it's, so It's definitely come a long way from when I first met Rosa, two, it was two years ago now. I met Rosa through Cassandra and we met at an Adelaide United and Sydney FC FFA Cup final. And as, as depressing as that game result was, just the simple words of, hey, so we're doing this thing for women's football, you want to join in? And I just went, yeah, sure thing, because... What did I had to lose? Like I lost my job. I had to stop studying. The community radio that I was at working on the sideline lost their rights that season and we didn't have enough money to get the rights for the following season. So everything was going haywire. And I was just like, yeah, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And here we are.
5: <laughs> She's my right hand manned, Mand, apparently, <laughs> manned, right hand woo man. <laughs>
1: And yeah, and basically, it's 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 almost as if sort of soccer Twitter uh, brought a lot of this about and, and brought you guys sort of together in a way, and um, you know, uh, came from shitposting, posting as you say, and and uh, to to what it is today. Um, so yeah, how how good? Uh, and you also mentioned Rose that there are, there are plenty of lunatics out there on uh, soccer Twitter that you interact with. Um, how, how do you how do you guys typically handle them? Are you quick on the block button like Timmy Cahill, or a bit more tolerant?
5: <laughs> um. I never used to be on the block button. Um, I have been as of late because it started getting very aggressive um, and it started to be from people who we actually know in person. But as well, when then when you've just got the, you know, stupid idiots just being stupid idiots really, uh, we do have our chat as well. So usually one of the girls will post it. They just and get and screenshotted. Like, oh, yeah, they get screenshotted and we'll be like, oh, what an idiot. Um, that's usually what it is. If if I'm in the mood, if i got something witty to say back, I'll go find her, I'll post something on it. Um, and, you know, if somebody wants to talk smack about us, I'll go and post the DMs that they sent us because they're talking smack because we wouldn't respond to them. So, um, yeah, we have our ways of dealing with it. I'm just going to keep blocking. Forza, I- Timmy Cahill. <laughs>
1: Was a Timmy. Uh, and quick question from Soccer Twitter. Uh, Balkanite wants to know whether Chrissy's ever been spotted without sunnies on.
6: I mean, we're doing everyone a favour.
5: She's, she's not wearing sunnies right now.
1: We'll never know. This is this is that audio is only, guys. We'll never know.
5: Do you, Chrissy? Though, do you do you ever go around without sunnies? Shh, we'll see. Um, and to be guys continued. Ha-
1: and how do you go uh, balancing pumping out the, the amount of content that you do with your work and personal lives?
5: Um, it's really difficult. I'm very grateful that my employers, um, at the moment I'm working less hours and um, because my, uh, my boss is actually a massive supporter of women's football um, so we can get more player interviews and things like that. So, uh, Chrissy is like literally runs from like, there's three different trains, runs to whatever location we are. Like today I'm in West Sydney just so I can be a bit closer to her, like where she is. Cause yeah. you know, she's helping me out
6: today. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. it's, it's literally straight from work or straight to any location on foot to film or to record or to take photos or to head home and write articles, uh, so it is, yeah, it's intense. And we're doing it all, of course, volunteer, voluntar- voluntarily. It's no yeah. pay, but we love it. <laughs> so to actually answer your
5: question you asked about 10 minutes ago before we started <laughs> raving on, uh, coffee funds us. We don't sleep very much. Or we are getting paid minimal and we do it all out of love and we love every single
6: second to, of it. I never used to be a coffee drinker.
1: Guys, uh, speaking of uh, coffee-addicted minimum wages, let's get on to a bit of A-League. So Diamante, now measure out his run-off delivery for the first of the night. Durante with a free header.
0: All on his own at the back post and the outcome was inevitable. Western United draw this one level. cool has never scored in the A-League. Apai Kubi. That's a way to silence the dabbers. Kwabanya Apayakubi puts Western United in front.
1: Uh, let's go off with the, uh, the, the Wanderers and Western United game, um, which uh, ended it 2-1 to Western United. Duke got the Wanderers off to a good start early, but the Wu fought back uh, to a 2-1 win with rare goals from Durante and Apia Kubi. Um, another controversial VAR call, um, which saw a Scott McDonald header, um, which looked like it crossed the line, chalked off uh, after VAR, couldn't conclusively rule that it had crossed, despite Fox's best Microsoft Paint technology. Guys, thoughts on this you know. one?
6: Uh, I can't believe it. Peak A-League. That's what I can say. Peak
1: there A. is no peak. <laughs> yeah,
6: there is no peak.
5: Are you trying to piss off Jeff? There is no peak. It doesn't exist. Um, West Sydney, what did you think of that match? What do you think I thought about that
6: match? The first four minutes were
5: um, quite exquisite. I loved the first four minutes. I think the Microsoft Paint job was top notch. Uh, We actually, we didn't have commentary because we were at a pub that day. um, And we're just sitting there going, what the fuck is going
6: on? Yeah, it was was a good five minutes of the match just watching them (laughs) trying to line up the goal with whatever they were using to line up the, the actual line of the goal. And I'm just like, What's going on? Is, is Fox probably- and even
1: Muskie, was who was on comms at the time was looking at it, going, "Oh, I don't think that's on the right spot on the line." And it was just <laughs> it was just absolute peak A League. I mean, I mean you know, it, it we did- we say that all the time, but it really was. It's,
5: wait till next it week. It did actually look like it went over the line, but it was really hard to tell. And I think this was another Robbie Slater moment where they just kicked themselves in the asses by showing us that the, the the way that they did. I know that they're. Um, Look, folks are really good at, like, trying really hard. Like, they're trying really hard to, to cover all angles. But that's just, you know, you'd be better off just guessing in, in that yeah, point Yeah,
1: that's right. And just saying, guys, we don't have the technology rather than, yeah. like, oh, cute, nice try with the Microsoft paying, But, uh, yes. Um and, yeah. and- this, this uh, win for Western United sees them go above Western Sydney, um, whose form in the past two games has dropped off a little bit. Uh, Chrissy, which West right. is finishing higher this season?
6: My heart says my team. My head says Perth glory. <laughs> no. <laughs> no Western, <laughs> U- <laughs> um, Western United have stepped up quite a lot because a lot of people, especially myself, were actually taking the piss out of them and saying for the signings that they have and the manager that they have and... Just in general, what they have. You'd expect them to be full on, but preseason was quite dull for them and they weren't doing very well and we all thought, wow, what a build up for, all for nothing, but they're actually starting to meld quite well together. so
1: it's, Well they were basically relying better. on Valentino Yule in the, in the preseason, yeah. he was banging in goals and um, you know now they're, they're, it's looking like they're really clicking and they look a really quality outfit. Mm.
6: They're going to be strong. They're going to pull a Western Sydney Wanderers where they're probably going to be top of the table most of the season. But hopefully lose so the, well, the grand
5: final. <laughs> so you reckon the next four years will be shit? I hope so. <laughs> if they're going to pull a West Sydney. I really do few, few so. grand
1: then, final heartbreaks.
6: And then they lose the stadium. And, they, <laughs> and then oh, they no. get a really good stadium. We don't want that. <laughs> apparently.
1: Apparently. Guys, and, and what what... What was going on with Marcus Babbel after the game? Apparently, he uh, he, he didn't rock up to the presser and uh, left the stadium so quickly that Georgiewski had to get his own lift to the team hotel.
5: Oh, my God. That's so funny, though. That Another. is – can you just, like – we were going that's on about Babel that. Babbel in a nutshell. Just, oh, my God. We were going on about it in the rap show that we just filmed. And it's like we just imagined Georgiewski walking out to the bus and going, where the hell is the bus? Guys, where is everyone? guys, guys. <laughs> Chrissy, you can do the accent better than me. Chrissy has to imitate
6: that. Boxer out looks around. This is Beb. <laughs>
1: this
6: is Beb. <laughs> like, where is Buzz? Like, out, <laughs> out of
5: all people it could happen to. It's like we see how it happened oh because, you know, he's so talkative
6: and you can. He's like my bubba. He's, he's better, actually. If you put him and my bubba in the same room. You'll never get them out. Do you reckon it was maybe like you know when
5: your parents are like talking to someone and they'll like the driveway yeah. when you're yeah. meant to be leaving? We're about to leave, but then they talk for another hour. Do you reckon that was Jojevsky yeah, and think they that just went, nah, fuck and they just drove off. Yeah. And so you can
6: get your own lift that home. But instead they reported it, But they didn't problem. come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't they didn't come back. I can just imagine and, um, if they also took the plane back home. That'd be a funnier. <laughs> just yeah,
5: out of all people, that is so funny. But like But, yeah, what do you think of the fact that, like, Babel didn't even... I think
6: he was just so pissed. I think he was extremely pissed off that we had fallen in form, like you had said, in the last couple of weeks. He's just like, no, look, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to say this is not tops another four times. I'm just going to go home. See you all next week.
1: Well, guys, speaking of a Popovich form slump, um, Perth Glory salvaged a point away at Newcastle um, and pretty lucky to do so after the VAR chose not to award a penalty to Newcastle for a push in the box. Uh, hmm. Is this a slow start for Perth or uh, should they be worried?
5: I'd kind of be worried if I were Perth because, um, you, yeah, like you've got such great players but they don't seem to be gelling. Like I, I think like um, like an escape room might be good for them. They um, need some team
1: bonding unle- kind of activities. Yeah,
5: like, um, I, I know I've said this on TLL TV before, but like, you know, the, the soccer balls, the inflatable ones and you'll just like run into each other and you try and play a game, maybe something like that. Yeah, send them um, into
6: a camp somewhere.
5: Yeah, because you know, look, they're absolutely excellent and Castro is still in fine form. Um, and Economitas had a couple of good shots. He was really towards the end there, like he was looking like, you know, he's going to bang in a few, to be honest. Um, but they just can't seem to work together, this team.
1: This In the first great. couple of games, it looked like Economides and Fornaroli had this, and, and Castro as well, had some really great chemistry going. And then a mm. couple of teams just put the shutout on them and, and they look like they don't, they're they sort of a little bit out of ideas already.
5: It's the
6: Popovich curse.
5: Yes. Before they even started, I was a little bit concerned that Perth Glory might be a little bit too alpha. Yeah. You know, between because like, we know Fornaroli is a big personality. We know Castro is a big
6: personality. And we know Economides is a very, very talented young player.
5: Yeah, who always wants to be starting, who always wants to be, you know, scoring, and he wants to be right there, he wants to be receiving those balls. He wants to make a um, mark, and of
6: course, he still he had history for Lazio, and of course, he wants mm. probably wants to make that mark so he can re-sign for a European team.
1: Speaking of uh, young, young talented players, um, there, there are plenty of, plenty of Popoviches on the bench, <laughs> and we, we saw the we saw the young Popovich uh, Gabby this game. One nil down, you need a goal, um, so you, you you bring off Fornaroli and you you put on your sixteen year old son. Uh, Chrissy, you've seen a lot of Popper as a Western Sydney fan and um, obviously his sons were a bit young back then for moves like this, but uh, what weird moves did Popper pull off at the Wanderers? Anything, anything similar?
6: Pio Vicardi was definitely one. <laughs> yeah. so what else did we have? Actually, I was quite happy to see Karim Balut return, but that turned into a shamble, didn't it?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, and Jumpai as well was, uh, was a bit of a train wreck.
6: I was the one player that actually you, you quite liked? one of the Spaniards. Cejudo. Oh, Sahudo! Oh, he was
5: beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he was a gorgeous. He was Spanish gorgeous man. to look at, but he didn't do gorgeous.
6: much. He was him. the he was
1: the Hector Barian of the A League.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> like, a beautiful <laughs> man
1: who doesn't really do much on the pitch.
6: God, damn.
5: I'd always tweet about him from the TLL account, and all the wondrous fans were like, "Please, Rose, stop! Like, do- <laughs> we don't like him. I don't care. He's beautiful." As soon as they re-sign him, everybody like cracked a bottle of champagne. <laughs> And guys, Chiller, are, we'll, we'll always miss Riera,
6: though. We oh love God Riera. Bless him. We always will love
1: Everyone Riera. will miss Riera. He was a great yep. player and such a shame that the league lost him, let alone um, yep. Western Sydney. Just a, just a quick word on, on Newcastle before we move on. Um, Merrick, after the game, um, made some pretty interesting comments, sort of leaning away from the meme and maybe into racist old man territory. Um, uh, he got asked at a presser about the non-penalty and he said he tried to clarify with the ref saying, oh, he speaks a lot of Spanish during the games and talks to the opposition a lot during Spanish. Um, But we're in Australia. I would have thought he'd be speaking a bit more English. Uh, Is this this a bit of a bad look for Merrick after, um, you know, so so many years of giving to memes?
5: We were watching this without commentary. So this is the first we're hearing of this. And, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that he said that. Like, we said pick A-league about three pick A-leagues ago, like, but this, this is <laughs> like peak Boomer. Is this like an okay Boomer moment?
1: This is like, like okay Boomer, they, yeah, merry. Did the, did Mary the ref condition. turn around
5: be, be like, okay, Boomer? Yeah. <laughs> did you understand that?
1: I think that's an actual quote from the ref, yes. <laughs>
5: Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's like, that's a little bit not on. Like, I mean, calling Fox Sports dickheads was like, that was top notch banter, you know, because that was Ozzler his peak. Was and and I
1: think we're seeing the yeah. the trough now. We're seeing, we're seeing um, a low point for Merrick after a couple of years of highs. Uh, the, the Vuck are also at a bit of a low point. Um, they had to fight for a point uh, at home against the Knicks. After a VAR-awarded handball on and inside the first couple of minutes put the Knicks ahead, and uh, created a goal at the other end to cancel it out. Uh, the victory are now sitting seventh after five games. Um, and if there was ever a team whose fans don't handle them not winning all the time, it's the VARC. Uh, Rose, as an Adelaide fan, uh, is Kurtz the cause for concern here?
5: Pre, so okay, so when we lost Kurtz to victory, I was um, noticeably upset. Very a few, upset. <laughs> a few Adelaide, <laughs> a few Adelaide fans of my uh, friends of mine that you know they go to training sessions. They uh, they know all the ins and outs because it's, it's a little bit hard um, as you would know living in a different city than your team um, because you don't quite get to see absolutely everything and you, you know you lose a lot of the inside. Knowledge, uh, not attending as many things and as many home games. Um, they were all saying, "Nah, you know, Kurtz was, was the reason we couldn't go any further." So that was very interesting. And then I watched a couple of games of his with Victory, and then I agreed. <laughs> um, I think I kind of, knew, I think I was watching him with a bit of rose-colored glasses on for a little while with Adelaide, um, and because again, I think Victory are very similar to Perth Glory in that they've got some great players. And they just—they seem to be wasting Toivan and just not using them how they should be. Like I noticed Toivan and yesterday in yesterday's match. Uh, Sunday, sorry, was very frustrated very very frustrated
6: not just with the handball like he just seemed he seems overall. to be the most aggressive player there yeah. at the moment that's the, that's the aggression you expect to see in all of Melbourne Victory's players because that's how they were under Kevin Muscat. Victory is, the way Victory play is very different to the way Adelaide play yeah. but I don't think
5: you know like how you said Victory are very aggressive I'm not sure if that's Kurtz's style
1: and I think the victory fans just need to chill out a little bit because this was, um, you know, this, this is and, you know, was supposed to be the season uh, of Toiven and Cruz and Naboo and, and two of those front yeah. three are out. So I think once those guys come back in, if, if Cruz ever becomes fit, um, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll see a much different victory and back to that more direct style that, that I guess they were probably hoping for with that front three.
5: Yeah, yeah. But victory fans don't know how to chill out. Not in a rude way. But they, no, I mean they, in, in a rude way. They will either be smug or they will be pissed at their coach or. Am <laughs> I sarcastic
6: a lot on, in the league? They I, do I, not chill I, out at I, all. I, but I love they, sitting with the, the victory during game time because the, the things that they come up with to scream at their opposition is hilarious.
5: Victory have very high expectations. The fans have very, very high expectations of their team. They see they are a big club. They like to tell us that they're a big club, and they expect nothing but the best from their team. So when you start your season like they have now, they I, in my eyes, I actually don't think they're pissed enough. Like, I don't think I've heard enough Kurtz out. I, I would be more pissed at this kind of just just because of the team performances, like throwing away a 2-0 lead. Like, what even is that last week? last round, you know, like that would have pissed me off. Against
1: your new local rivals too. Points. That's at home. That's, yeah, it's in, very embarrassing. In the
5: new Melbourne derby, for the love of God, it's a <laughs> Melbourne derby, guys. It's another
1: Melbourne derby. <laughs> so, Thanks, yes, a uh, yeah. few few um, A-League moments in, in this game as well, guys. Um, Broxham's uh, five-a-side Sunday league step over, yeah, Stevie Taylor's standstill shithousery and Lawrence Thomas's hair looking like a divorced dad who's been in his apartment for just over a month.
6: Lawrence has had a tough time, hasn't he? But he for always looks like that. For a guy
1: that was <laughs> um, going to be the next, you know, maybe the successor to Matty Ryan, a few people were saying, and he was yeah. sort of, you know, destined for a, a big career in, in Europe. He's, he's sort of just stagnating at the victory now. He seems he to have stayed like two or three seasons too long.
6: I really feel sad about that because I really rated him as as one of the best keepers in the league, watching him play behind the sticks a good couple of times. Maybe he just doesn't have a good agent because he's been consistently good. He's been very
5: good for the victory. Um, And I've loved him ever since that day that he – I remember he saved a certain goal about uh, three years ago for the 15-16 season, which meant that we had a home grand final. So I've loved him ever since that day. And uh, he probably just has a really shit agent, so – Come on, Thomas, give us a call. We'll
1: help you out. Call us up, Thomas. Guys, moving on. um, City, meanwhile, put on another convincing uh, win at home to the Mariners uh, on the 10-year Hart Cityversary. Macca, Beringer and Winbickler were all out with hamstring injuries in this game, but luckily City had a man whose head looks like a leg of ham, Curtis Good, to put them ahead. Um,
5: (laughs) His Don is good. His Don is good. His Curtis is good.
1: Uh, this this was the the slab head derby with uh, Curtis Good on one team and Matt Simon on the others just a good old fashioned pair of blockheads. But guys, are we are we convinced by Melbourne City this season? And are they going to give us nah. false hope and leave us disappointed like every other year?
6: I'm I'm really am hoping so, and I hope that proves it on Friday when they play Wanderers at Bankwest. How would you feel as Jamie McLaren in the stands in?
5: You're like oh oh okay they can score oh shit they, <laughs> they don't shit they don't need me <laughs> oh no mom wait is it mom Bear or mom I'm someone just gave us a, a, a thing gonna and they like it's not that. like Camembert, it's like Mom Bart or something yeah I, you know I'm not good is?
1: on this one um, but uh, Robbie Slater oh, on the on the Fox commentary had plenty of mayo on this one um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously with with his um, career in in France he was uh, he was really laying on thick the French accent.
5: Maybe that this is where I heard it from, um, but I don't know if I'm going to trust Robbie Slater for pronunciation lessons. Um, but no, he's got a very good CV. I mean, he's a you know he's come into City with a great um, great career, um, so he's doing a really good job so far. You know, they've beaten people like the Knicks, the Mariners. Like, sorry, I know that sounds really rude to Knicks and Mariners supporters. They're, they're used I to it. Mean, don't like, worry.
1: So I think I think Mac would probably be a bit worried um, if Lockie Wales was banging in the goals, but because they're coming from like midfield and you know your centre back yeah. and stuff, I think Different he's probably people. I think he's probably okay to to slot right back in because they've got no one else who's who's going to yeah. replace him unless Lockie Wales suddenly becomes a good player overnight. But on on Mom Mombert's or Mom uh, apparently he loves a cold shower and, and doesn't have hot yeah. showers. He's definitely got a small family locked up in his basement, doesn't he? Oh,
5: (laughs) shit. When when they said. I don't know. I thought that um, sounds like a few people that have slid in into like my Tinder DMs or something or the ones that slide <laughs> in our TLL DMs with some very, uh, pro- you know, approaching us in many different manners. Um, <laughs> someone who only has cold showers. I thought, oh, holy crap. So, That's Christy during the season <laughs> that the Wanderers played at, at Sydney Olympic Park. It's me all summer long. Oh my gosh, I hate the heat. So, but but to live in Melbourne and have cold showers, you know, you gotta be a, a like special kind of broker. What he? <laughs> you gotta be a He's special special kind of
1: sociopath to uh, <laughs> to do that in Melbourne.
5: Like twelve degrees, raining, and he probably went home and had a cold shower. Yes, um, that's I'd, right. I'd, um, no one, please take this out of context. But he out of context, <laughs> he definitely has a family living in his basement. Yes.
1: Uh, and we mentioned just before that um, you had Robbie Slater on the commentary. Um, the, the voice of football, Simon Hill, had to pull out last minute um, for this one for apparently the first time in his, in his career, pretty much. But um, Michael's a pony, ab- ably deputised um, at a moment's notice. Um, was I the only one wishing it was Robbie Slater that had gone down with laryngitis in, instead of Simon Hill? <laughs>
5: You were definitely not the only one. (laughs) Zappers did such a good job. Mm, Great. I love Zappers' commentary. Um, I don't know why Robbie just didn't go and, like, I don't know, go have a bev somewhere (laughs) and just Just let Zappers do it on his own. Zappers doing well. Yeah, like, there were a few um,
1: few really underrated commentators in the A-League games this weekend. Um, I, I don't have the names of them in front of me, but I, I, I can't work out whether they were genuinely great commentators or it was because they were commentating with like speed and harps that um, no, they just sounded had, amazing.
5: So you had Zappers, um, Ben Homer also. Yes, Ben Homer. He, he did was the brilliant. Newcastle game. And then yes. Tio did Tio, the course, United game. And Tio, so of course, who's always those, underrated. Yeah, Tio's always underrated. Like we were, Chrissy and I were dis- discussing this um, the other day how he was doing so many W League games at one stage and doing A League games too. And he's so great for W League games. He knows his shit. Um, he's just, he's absolutely amazing. The fact that he can do both leagues as well, because, you know, we struggle sometimes trying to keep up with two leagues. You can do two leagues. Get yourself he's a, a man a who can do jogger. both. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And yeah, Ben Homer it, is always sensational. He's been doing NPL for a while, and every time he's on, um, it's it's so it's just factual. He's telling us what's happening in front of us. He'll tell us facts, and he doesn't start rambling on. <laughs>
6: Love
1: it. Yep, um, guys. And rounding out the the fixtures, we had the the Brisbane Roar Brexit Boys uh, inexplicably defending for ninety minutes before Merciful McGree tapped in a James Troisi cutback to serve the Roar the loss they deserved. Um, as a raw fan, I don't even really know what the answer to this is. But what do you guys think Brisbane's game plan is?
5: Uh, look, the Brexit boys' game plan is to bore us to death. That is literally what's going to happen this season. They're going to continue to bore us to death and shoot some real or pass some really long balls, and just they're just hoping one goes in eventually
1: yeah cuz we thought halfway through this game um, that that Fowler was playing some 4D chess with that big shadow and the black kits camouflaging in and he was he'd thought of all of this stuff that no one had thought of but really no it was just it was just really clueless defensive football and uh, a lot of the raw fans have sort of cottoned on to this as well um, Roy O'Donovan really just doesn't work in this system. If you're if you're going to play with yeah. a sole striker and then ten men basically in your 18 yard box, he needs a strike partner or a bit more possession football to be played around him. It's just like something. It's just not working at the moment.
6: No, I'd rather Donny back at Newcastle to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think he fits with the Brisbane rule. It's not good how Fowler's coming out after every game and
5: just saying we played oh, good. We played really good. I feel that like really?
6: I'm really. I feel like I'm listening to Yusuf Gombau again. We played good football. No, you didn't. You played shit football. Admit it. Please pull a babble and admit that it's just, it's not up to standard and your fans aren't happy. They're not getting the results that they want. Well, well I think like, you should have admitted it after th- this
1: game. The, the, the performance yes, yeah. against Western Sydney was a, a little bit better where they, they dominated the game and just couldn't put away chances. But, and, and Lopar stood on his head and, and, you know, did a, an, another great performance. But um, yeah, in this game, they were just, they, they were really were awful.
5: Yeah, yeah. It was just such a boring match, and like that—that's not what the A League is. You know, we're not here for boring matches. We want to see—we want to see, see Vedran Yanetovich, you know, come out of the box and no, do like no, no, an no. absolute blunder. No, 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 we know? That, no. We don't. see that's <laughs> no,
6: no, no. That's what we want. We want. <laughs> if you love me, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to see it because I'll have a mental breakdown. That never. What's Vedran
1: again. doing these days, Chrissy? What's he up to?
6: He's actually modelling. Of he course, he a is. Lot of things. <laughs> he did some promo the other night as
5: well for somebody else. Yeah, I think he did it at He's yeah. He's
6: got himself occupied at the
5: moment. Doing he's a got a
1: few side hustles going on.
5: Yeah. yeah. He's a pretty man. He can do it.
1: <laughs> Rose, we'll just give Adelaide some love. Troisi um, created and assisted that McGree goal. He's got two starts, two assists. Um, Are you happy he decided to come home after exhausting all other possible options?
5: Now, I'm going to say right now, I do not speak for all Adelaide fans because a lot (laughs) of Adelaide fans disagree with me. I did not like the Troisi signing. Um, I think it's like three or four years too late. I was hassling him on Twitter, I reckon a good Four years ago, Um, just kept hashtagging, this is when I was like non-existent on Twitter, and I was hammering him to come to Adelaide, really thought he would have worked in our system back then, Um, he is, look, he is doing, he's doing, he's done well in the last couple of games, I I won't lie, but I think that that's just been luck, and maybe just a little bit of uh, enthusiasm and energy, just starting out, you know, Um, I think long term, when I say long term, I mean like for the rest of the season. I think is he, he may go back to how he was at victory for last season or I could be completely wrong and fall on my ass about this. But look, you know, he's done okay, but he still needs to impress me a little bit more because like honey they don't impress me much. <laughs> and I'm so well, smart Riley today. Riley McGree's been a bit uh,
1: impressive though. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's he's got four and four games, still still only twenty one somehow. Um, yep. What does he need to do to get a ruse call up? Because I don't know whether Graham Arnold has any other daughters that he could marry. So um, <laughs> what, what does he need to do?
5: Yeah, um, look, I like I love Riley. He is sensational. Uh, he's been off with the the young lads. Um, and I don't know, did you see the uh, controversy that when the, are they the, the under 23s? I believe they are. Yeah, yeah. Controversy that apparently they went, they had a night out or they had some. Yeah, something he was right in the middle of that, room. wasn't he? So he's, um, I think he's still under investigation for that. So that maybe that, that probably didn't go down well with Arnie. Um, Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But he's, yeah, I know, right. I, I don't know, he might need to play for Sydney FC to get da- a call. I was, up. I was about to say that too.
6: <laughs> he needs to, maybe if he signs for Sydney FC, he might get a call up. I love the brawler from Gawler, <laughs> my fave.
1: All right, guys, uh, let's move on to a bit of Matilda's chat now. Um, So last week, uh, the Matildas signed a historic collective bargaining agreement, which will bring them not only equal pay with the Socceroos, but critically also equal revenue takings from commercial deals. Um, This might sound obvious, but why is this such a massive deal?
6: Rose, would you like to go first? Kristen just like looked at me. <laughs> extremely excited. Look, I'm, I'm extremely happy that this has happened and the Matildas being the first national team, women's national team in the world to get this. You you would have expected maybe the US to have gotten something like this because they were so vocal after winning the Women's World Cup about equal pay. But to, to get the Matildas, yes, I'm a little smug going, yeah, we're the first in history at we're the so current moment. We're so smug today. <laughs> we're so smug that this has happened to us. We're being the first in, in uh, women's football history to get equal pay. But it's just, it's so good because finally the future of, of women's football in Australia have something to stand on. They have a leg to stand on. Because when I was younger, playing football, there were a couple times they are going, "Mum, I want to play professional football. Well, of course, she never did. <laughs> and here I am. But the main reason was, was, you know, what are you going to get paid? You're not going to get paid like the men. It's not like the men's football, but now... Look, you have kids saying, "Mum, I want to be a professional football player," and they'll probably be like, "Yeah, sure," because there's no. That's realistic now.
5: I think the fact that Chrissy just said, "Rose, I'll let you take this," and then went on for the next eight minutes probably (laughs) tells you how excited that she is. Um, But yeah, so you know, there are. I think there were three other countries who've done very similar things that they are supporting their women in all different ways. Um, But I mean, I don't know the facts behind those three countries, but it seems ours. You know, ours is doing. This, this in particular with um, the percentages, you know, we, there's percentage going to women's football, percentage to youth football, um, to the PFA. So everyone is getting a little bit. So it's not just the women that that are benefiting here. rules will benefit too. rules will benefit uh, from the Matildas' revenue, from the Matildas' World Cup winnings, you know, if they are to progress any further, um, which, you know, fingers crossed they do in the 2023 World Cup, a World Cup gosh um so the socceroos so that that's what's very interesting to everyone who's been bitching is that the socceroos can actually benefit from the benefit from this as much as the women benefit and i think a lot of people as well are, are misinterpreting what's being said and and misunderstanding that we're talking about um how katrina Gori came out and said we would sleep on the airport floor on stopovers like we don't get access to lounges we we don't fly business class like the boys do you know just imagine like getting injured or you know you um waking up a little bit rough from a like heavy tackle or whatever may be from the game and then you have to go in a like I don't know probably Jetstar or something they probably still go Qantas but just not business and you know sit there for like however many hours you know and you're the Australian national team so um it's little things like that and you know Joey Peters who used to have to line up at Centrelink. She plays for the Australian national team. Yeah, she's at Centrelink. You know, it's those kind of things that they that the PFA and uh, FFA worked so hard to to fix, really. Um, and it's deserving because the women, the Matildas do the equal amount of work as the men do, and the Matildas are now bringing in revenue. I mean, look, you've got Sam Kerr on a national, uh, sorry, um, on a global campaign for Nike alongside Ronaldo. You know, you don't, it, it's Sam Kerr. Like, you, you don't see other people there. She is playing for the Matildas and she is out on a, they, Nike chose Sam Kerr to be on a global campaign. Now, does that say something for our players and how they are performing?
1: yeah they're performing uh, on on and off the fields um, you know far far ahead of um, what the what the men are and we've we've seen such a massive rise in the on-field performances and results um the matildas won the asian cup before the Socceroos. they they've consistently made knockout stages of world cups um, or, like you said rose or without anywhere near the investment that the men have um, yeah. But in terms of the the performances and and results, what's next for the Matildas? How you know they've got the they've got this CBA now, which is fantastic and and a landmark deal and and will benefit not only the women's game, but the the men's game and, and football domestically and, and the women's game internationally as well because it sets out a marker to um, the women's game globally. Um, but what do the Matildas need to do now to translate that into like US levels of success?
5: Well, I mean, Sammy came out, you know, before the game against Chile on Saturday and said, all right, you know, now we've got what we've been working so hard for. You know, we need to, we need to show them. We need to show Australia what they're investing in um, and you know we need to show them what what we're all celebrating and why we deserve this. Like it's time for us to step up. So they've taken this on board. They're going to step up. Um, you know we've got the the Olympic Olympics yeah. qualifiers coming up, which is why we've got the current friendlies, mm-hmm. um, just a bit of practice for the Olympic qualifiers. As long as the FFA doesn't sack our coach, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever coach we are, we're going to have Milicic for. We, we are. W- we I think we have are. Have they confirmed It's confirmed that, that we're, we're – Because ha- he's going to MacArthur.
6: Yeah, it's confirmed that I think after the Tokyo Olympics, once that all that's all done and dusted, mm. that's when he'll be heading to MacArthur. All right. Well, yeah,
1: name, name a better duo than, um, you know, the FFA and, and, and sacking a national team coach before <laughs> a major tournament. Yeah,
5: but, I mean, uh, by then we'll be the CEO of FFA. So yeah, it's about we'll yeah sure you guys will have
1: to just make sure that, uh, <laughs> you know, this kind of shit doesn't happen. <laughs> Um, this might be a good time to uh, to talk about the uh, Matildas Chile game. Um, as you mentioned, they're, they're two friendlies that we've got against Chile um, that are sort of warm-ups for the, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic campaign uh, qualifying campaign proper. Um, and the first one was in Sydney. I think you guys were there. Um,
5: sure were. Loved it. Yeah.
1: So the Matildas played out a pretty – looked like a pretty comfortable 2-1 win in front of that record-breaking crowd at Western Sydney Stadium. Um, that Sam Kerr double was enough to see out the game despite letting the Chileans back into the game late. Uh, what did you guys make of the Matilda's performance? A uh, few, few cobwebs to dust off?
5: To be honest, I think we could have actually done better. I think that there were a few opportunities that were missed. Uh, even though we did win the game, it's, I am not too sure. I mean it's still a great performance. Um and it, it was a little bit in my eyes was a bit aggressive for a friendly, just a little tiny bit. Um Rasso was up to no good. Um but yeah, I, I don't know what I won't hear
1: a bad say, word but... about Rasso on this podcast.
5: <laughs> no, <but> Rasso <laughs> was up to no good, as in, you know, she was fouling. So um she did yeah, she did she did great to piss off the opposition. Um God, it's good to see her back. Yeah, you know. I know, it's right? I
6: know. Um yeah, what, what do, you, do you reckon they could have done? better? I reckon they you... could have done better too. Yeah. I did enjoy the match quite well. Um, we played some great balls, especially the second goal by Sam Kerr. That, but that was a through ball by Caitlin Ford, wasn't? Yeah, I'd overhead through ball by Caitlin Ford, and the way that that Kerr had picked up that pass and then executed it with another wonderful goal. Yeah, we did good. The crowd was happy. I was quite happy, but of course, once again, we could we could have done better. I think we could have done better because the dying minutes of the match where Chile had scored. I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to drop again. They'll probably score again and it'll be like a late equaliser. And that's, of course, not what you want. But I'm glad that they held on.
1: And uh, Jenna McCormick made her long-awaited Matilda's debut. Um, guys, did you know that she came over from the AFLW? Yes.
5: Sure did. Seriously,
1: though, uh, what did you make <laughs> of her debut?
5: Um, no, absolutely excellent. Um, it's been I think it's been a long time coming. Um, and I'm glad that she – she I believe the, the decision that she made to discontinue with the Crows any further was to then focus on um, getting that Matilda's call up and to, you know, putting her – I guess her mind completely set on playing for the national team as that is the direction she wanted to go in. Um, and, you know, because she did have a bit of an overlap in season, which I think is insane considering how um, – how physical footy is, like, you know, how aggressive that can be. She took – she had absolutely no break, went straight on to AFL, um, straight from the W League season. So, you know, good on her. But, yeah, she, I think she was sensational out there um, and I hope she continues to get more
6: call-ups. Yeah, she's a woman of many talents and a lot of passion. To see her get called up to the Matildas, like, quick straight off the, the season with AFL, that just – proves that she's a very valuable asset to Mm. the Matildas National Team and now to have signed with Melbourne Victory. I'm looking forward to watching her this W League season.
1: Yeah, and and just such an athlete as well, and and um, what you know the the sort the sort of skill set and and sort of body type that you you get being an AFL player, um, I think will really help uh, the Matildas, yeah. especially in that position where, um, the Matildas have historically been, or at least in recent years, been a little bit short. So, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to seeing more of her, uh, in green and gold. Um, but uh, Lisa Devanna was left out of the squad for these games, despite uh, official word that she that she's still in Milicic's plans. Um, do you think we've missed a chance to give her a home farewell?
5: Yeah, I, th- I think we have. I can't, you know, she's getting, a lot, she's getting older now. Um, I don't know, you know, if we're going to see her much more play for the Matildas, um, if, yeah,
6: if we are or what's happening. I'm not quite sure if they will pick her for the Tokyo Olympics. It just depends. It's really much, it's a flip of the coin here. She did go to the Women's World Cup, but she wasn't used as much as we expected her to be used um, on the squad. So I'm sort of in doubts that she will be picked for the Tokyo Olympics, so we probably wouldn't even get a chance to see her play. I mean, who
5: knows as well what's what's happening behind the scenes, um, what reasoning there may have been behind that, um, if there were a reasoning. You know, something tells me there was a little bit more in it than um, anything to do with, like, fitness or form or anything like that. There may have been another reason. Uh, we just don't know about it.
1: And the uh, the, the crowd at this one uh, we mentioned was uh, over 20K, uh, 20,000, um, beating the recent 16,000 record at, at Newcastle. Um, what did you make of the atmosphere at uh, at Bank West? Oh,
6: it was so good. It was nice. It, it was, was so good. good. May yeah. have, it may have started off quite, you know, quiet but it started to get louder and louder and louder the more that the girls played and more aggressive that both teams came across each other we had the Chile fans and the Matilda's uh, active support literally just bays apart from each other I'm not sure how that if that was a good idea but it was good because they actually started to battle each other out towards yeah. the end it's like every 10 Chile minutes scored.
5: we would hear chi 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 <laughs> and I'm like oh my god is Michelle here <laughs> like he it's just so normal for us to hear that
1: all right then. Finally, um, the W League season kicks off uh, this Thursday, um, and Woo-hoo! there are plenty, plenty of big names uh, already announced across the nine teams. But first, um, what are your thoughts on a on a w League season without Sam Kerr? Ah, oh, well, we're
6: we'll okay. right. you? Yeah, look, look. I think Sam Kerr saw Perth Glory's crests on their jerseys and she went, look, not this season. I'm, I'm not doing it. I don't want nipple tassels. <laughs> <No>. I'm out. <laughs> That's what she, was like. she got on the phone to a manager straight and went, listen, get Chelsea and Leon lined up. I'm not doing this. I can't do the
1: tassels, guys.
6: <laughs> but, look, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. She paved the way last season for the next gen of um, talented W League women for both the youth and also we've got some NWSL players coming in, not just any NWSL players, we've got some national team, US women national team players, we've also got European players who are coming in from the, the Premier League, uh, the Women's Premier League, the Super League. It's it's just done. She's done what she needed to do, she's done what she's needed to advertise the league, to bring in other big players and big names. So, uh, I guess, it's, it's all about her now. She has to do what she has to do to make sure that her career is thriving. So if that means she goes to the UK and she plays for Chelsea or she goes to France and plays for Lyon or she goes to the Women's La Liga and plays for Atletico and follows uh Chiriak, so be it. She's done what she needs to do here. It's time for her to do what she needs to do for herself.
1: And just on the big stars that are going to be here, we've uh, I asked the um, the rest of the more than a game boys for a, f- a few questions for you and they've they've given me some. Uh, in terms of the big stars that are going to be here, um so you've got Lynn Williams or Yukari Kinga. Uh, which is the biggest signing for the league, and why?
6: That's hard. You can't. You can't say one is better than the other. Um, I think Choose. Both you, have you have to choose. <laughs> I can't. They're both great signings. Like one, one's a, a, an absolute legend for the Japanese national team. The other one's a, an amazing legend in the NWSL as well as the US women's national team. Um, okay, fine. I'm going to say Lynn Williams because she signed for the Wanderers. <laughs> She 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 looks a a player.
1: I think she scored a couple of goals overnight too, didn't she? Yeah, she did. She's on fire.
6: So I'm looking forward to watching her play for the Western Sydney Wanderers.
1: And another question um, from Damo of More Than A Game. Uh, Can anyone stop the partnership between Caitlin Ford and uh, Veronica Latsko?
6: Nah. Look, Sydney FC are going to be a force to reckon with this season. Right next to my good old red and black girls. (laughs) Uh, They're going to be tough to beat. I think someone can beat them, though. Who do you think? Just just My Melbourne team. City. Uh, Melbourne City. Yeah, I could say that. Maybe Melbourne City can shut them down.
5: Because, what, Melbourne City have now got Ellie Carpenter, Emma Checker. They've, they've, got, they've got Lydia Williams back ones in between and, the
6: sticks. Yeah, I'm thinking of. Kaya Simon's back at Melbourne City as well. There's, there's, a, yeah, I'd say Melbourne City. Maybe Melbourne City would be Melbourne enough City to, going to to be, shut down Sydney FC. But once again, it's going to be tough. They're going to be very difficult to come up against.
1: Well, it's a good, it's a good uh, point to talk about the, the teams more broadly because we've got a question uh, from one of our listeners, Sal, uh, who wants to know um, as a neutral which teams uh, he should get around and which which teams Wanderous. he should watch.
5: <laughs> Wondrous. <laughs> Look, it's Why? really a toss up between Wanderers, Sydney F C, Melbourne City, Brisbane Raw this season. Yeah. I think they're your your big teams. Um I was I I think Adelaide United just sits in underneath them. Just there. Just there. Just there. Never. Fowler F C just there. Got the the Fowler girls are there. Um so we're we're there. We exist. <laughs> um but you know, Brisbane Raw have uh, re signed a lot of great players as well. So we're all, we're amping up, you know, your Wanderers and your Melbourne city and stuff because they've made some great signings. However, Brisbane raw are staying very Brisbane raw. So, and they were, you know, they're always a great, a uh, great team. Yeah.
1: They've re-signed Razzo, I think. And they've re-signed, um,
5: Mackenzie Arnold. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane raw, always good to watch. But yeah, Mel- Melbourne city, I think definitely going to be, um, title contenders. because um, you seem to have yeah Brisbane rule of Mel- and yeah M- Melbourne City seem to be like Matildas two and I don't know two point one, <laughs> whatever the hell you call them. So they've got lots of Matildas there. Um, but you know outside of yeah Matildas, then you know you've got um, the Wanderers with their NWSL signings. So and then you've got you know a lot of youth coming through in, in different areas. So yeah,
6: the future of the W League is bright. Yes.
1: And uh, speaking of the league, guys, what what about the fixtures? Um, have you got your eye on any in particular that you're going to get along to?
6: Uh,
5: well, we've got the Chrissy Rose Derby uh, <laughs> is the opener this Thursday, which is a Wanderers v Adelaide
6: United. Um, the big blue on Sunday. The, that's that's a double header, so it'll be yeah. the girls going first, and of course the men's going second. Of course, I'm looking forward to a Sydney Derby. I'm always looking forward to a Sydney I Derby. I think
5: this one's really going to mean something. Yeah, um, I'll be
6: there with everything. both
5: teams are going to be great this season. No offense, Chrissy, but you sucked last season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, None that taken. one's good. That you know, uh, I'll be uh, there with flares and drums and everything. I think I'll be that one band we'll, them. we'll bring Just... the bongo. <laughs> I've got a bongo at home. We'll bring that along. We'll I can borrow just, the Raw Corpse megaphone.
6: I can just see Teo in the commentary box going and
5: now to the sidelines, you just hear me in the background with everything. Well, we're definitely going to Brisbane for some Raw Corpse games. Uh we're doing some filming with them this season. So Yeah, they've uh, done we'll good
1: be, things, the Raw Corpse, haven't
6: they?
5: Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to head there, join them a little bit. Um because they make the match day experience absolutely sensational. Um, and I think other teams should definitely look up to what the Raw Corps are doing. And cause we, we, like they do, the players want that atmosphere. You know, we, we want to make it like you, you have with the men's, you know, you. Jumping around, screaming like maniacs. Yelling at the ref. You me <laughs> for that. We want that. It's, it's still quite family friendly at a WLE game. So, yeah.
6: um, you we'll know, maybe
5: people like us can just keep yelling and screaming
6: and might might just get there. Yeah. Well, we're going to try and travel as much as we can this season. Yeah. Since we've taken majority of the time off work and we've worked our schedules around trying to make uh, ourselves as free as possible, travel is definitely on the books. So, yeah, Jetstar, Brisbane. where you at. Yeah. <laughs> So Brisbane, <laughs> Melbourne, Adelaide Colby, yeah. have you got a we'll spare there. room in place? Yeah've we've got a
1: spare room it's close to, it's close to Amy Park it'll be fine. Oh, good yeah
6: awesome
5: because because Melbourne City are going to be great this season so we might need a we might need
1: to stay there. Uh, all right well that's that's probably a good point uh, to to wrap up guys um, but before we go um, uh, just one more question uh, I know the answer is probably going to be everywhere but um, if, if people want to find you on social media where can they get around Tll?
5: Well, actually, um, the easiest way is if you have a plastic cup, you put like a little string through it, right, and we'll have a plastic <laughs> cup on the other end. And you just say, hello. No. um, yeah, so, Just light a flare. <laughs> light a flare and Chrissy rocks up. Light if a flare light a, and we'll appear. <laughs> if you light a flare and then you say, fuck off, East Sydney, three times while looking in the mirror, Chrissy will just appear. I kid you not. <laughs> Whenever I need her. Now, I wish it would save me so much in petrol. Um. No, so our main source uh, is Twitter. We are on Twitter the most. We kind of never log off. Um, and then we're on Instagram. We just launched a TikTok, so if anyone is under the age oh, of nineteen, no. we are oh, attempting. I I just, I've just, just a whole bunch of videos of just me falling over. Side note: I just I tried to make a like a proper like a viral one, and it's just me dancing in a Matilda stop in my mum's room, and it's like I didn't post it because it's so bad, and I'm like I am terrible. I'm 29 years old. I should not be doing this. And so, but we I only found
1: out what TikTok was the other day. I felt like the biggest boomer.
5: Oh that's how I feel. It's yeah no so that's why we have some um youth within our TLL community. We just signed a 16-year-old uh who Good. is our youngest ever signing. So we young are young prospect. Yeah exactly. Um we've got the, the appropriate uh programs to just to really set her on her way. So um we are yeah so we're now on TikTok. We do have Instagram. Um Facebook is kind of boomer central so we don't really focus on it very much but Uh, We are on LinkedIn. (laughs) We've got like (laughs) six followers, which is like all the TLL community. (laughs) So we're existing. um, And then, yeah, you you know what? Anyone can DM us at any time. Whether we respond or not, it's another story. But if it's something really positive, uh, we will definitely respond to you.
1: Well, that's great. Uh, Rose and Chrissy, thanks again for being on the pod. Thanks for
5: having us. Thank you very much for having us.
1: As you're over the cross into the middle, here's Van
5: der Beek there, they've got another. That was
0: always the danger as Chelsea chased. Ajax would come out on the counter and they're 4-1 up at Stamford Bridge. William changes his support for the second in the box. Looking for Abraham, it's in. Chelsea have one back, that's Filiqueta arriving at the far post, but of have got the final touch. Chelsea 2 Ajax 4, game that keeps on giving. Abraham will pick it up and was fouled there. Blint is already on a yellow card play on hudson Doy. Did that hit Beltman on the hand? I Referee think... might come back and there's a second yellow. I thought he was going to come back. Blint's got to go. About belt. two. Beltman. Has Veltman gone here for second yellow card? Uh, They've lost two here. Jorginho, crucial this. In it goes. Chelsea three. Ajax four. Ajax have conceded a goal and had two players sent off. Will he out? There's the header and off the bar. Sprint erect to the back end. It's James. It's 4-4. It is absolutely staggering. of the greatest match of European football
1: at Stamford Bridge. Uh finally boys there was a bit of Champions League midweek uh with the fourth match day of the group stages uh, and it was pretty bloody decent. Uh George Ajax thought they were cruising at 4 2 at the bridge before Daley Blind and Joel Feltman got red carded in the space of two minutes. Uh, you were there. Uh, what the hell happened?
3: I, I, I still don't know. Um, <laughs> I, just, um, I, I, I went through all the emotions. Let, let me tell you that. It was, what a it roller was, coaster this was, one was. Yeah. At half time, I, I didn't know what was going on. I thought, you know, there were people talking about leaving, that sort of And then, you know, you, you're 10 minutes into the, first, the second half, or, and then we concede another one um and it's it's 4-1 and or there's there's a few cheeky ajax fans who snuck in um and they were, they were you know in full voice and then you know the tide just turned with, with a goal ajax and
1: fans have got real form for this just rocking up and like sneaking into anywhere in the ground
3: yeah uh, and they made themselves known colby let me tell you they made themselves
2: known 4-1 yeah. were they were they a bit noisy were they they,
3: they, they, they had been enjoying themselves let me, let me tell you that and the chelsea fans were, were not impressed and it, it turned it turned pretty uh, pretty pretty testy uh, a bit later on and, and uh, the, at full time but it was one of the most uh, from a, a an atmosphere perspective um, it was one of the most sort of exhilarating uh, games to, to, to be at it reminded me Colby of like a, a World Cup game with with, with your sort of rushes uh, winning and and that sort of thing when the when the crowd was just behind Chelsea and they could smell a comeback it was it was absolutely incredible. But yeah, I mean, no one knew what was going on. Um, you know, the goals were, were, you know, were they in? Were, you just had no idea. Um, I didn't even know uh, for a part of the a large part of the game that Ikes had gone down to nine men. Like it was. And even Christian Paul. Nor did they because they were
1: playing. They weren't playing like they were down to nine men. They were playing like a, 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 you know, pretty much a full team. Still, sort of. Yeah. And um, that was really doing the best they could.
2: Yeah. At one point they were pressing. Are they really pressing? Man, nine players. They (laughs) were, and they
3: were were getting the ball down (laughs) the other end. But you've got to. If you, if you, it was really impressive to actually see. I'll talk about Ike's for a minute. Like their front four. um, And so you've got Tadic. Quincy, promise, Ziyech. Uh, who I think how good Zayas? Well, he's he's the best player not playing in the in the top four leagues. Like he, and and I, I saw him last year in the Champions League, and I'm like, this guy, this guy's an absolute jet, and to see him
1: live. One. He's, he's One thing they did really well is hold on to him um, because they, they, it was looking like he he was um, a few clubs were sniffing around after him and David Neres, Neres and others important. and yeah, yeah. So they had all the and, all, and, the, all the they, they did well to keep well. some of those players yeah. together yes well, they, that's right
3: well I mean Ten Hag's got to be given a little bit of credit because he started with all the, you know those three midfielders and Tatic up front and they looked so dangerous now I know Chelsea's defence isn't is sort of you know, pretty susceptible, and you had Alonso and Asprilla absolutely getting torn Alon- apart.
2: Alonso was just so shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, and that's the... not that's not even mentioning Kepper in this game, George either.
2: Uh, a bit flappy, actually, a bit of Roberto about him for
1: no, I real think flappy, and he's pretty... he's joined the the Chelsea-headed own goals club along with Mitchy Batchuai. Yeah, he
2: genuinely red faced after uh, that ball went in.
3: I've got to say, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, two of those goals, like Tammy's. Uh, t- Touched on the first one, uh, and it's an open goal, and then there, there was that that rocket that uh, banged in off the post and hit Kemper So Chelsea were a little bit unlucky to to be down that much at half time. And if you if you cast your mind back at one all, Tammy Abraham scored a goal um, to make it two one, which was chalked, chalked off for offside. So it could have been it could have been any score at um, at half time, and and it's it's it's, it's interesting that um, you know Ix just sort of took their chances, whereas Chelsea didn't. And and then Vanderbeek uh, took scored at the start of the second half to, to make it four one and and um, yeah you still had a sense that Chelsea could score and um, but I just didn't think that would happen and then you know obviously it goes to goes to five four I'm I'm jumping on some guy's back uh, losing my <laughs> absolute mind and and then all of a sudden it's um it's chalked off for for that handball but um I I will say yeah it was it was it was incredible to be there.
1: Uh, yeah they, they were just the third English side in Champions League history to come from a three goal behind to, to get a result um, and that's the the first since um, the famous uh, Liverpool final in in 2005 so um, huge huge result um, for Chelsea notwithstanding it's a group stage but just the, the the fight back that they showed is is massive
3: the fight back w- was incredible and, and you know I see it as a as you know a, a kind of point gained and, and not um, not too dropped but um. A couple of a couple of things I've got to say. Um, yeah, uh, it was really really interesting to um, with all the VAR decisions and all the goals and all the yellow cards and red cards. They only added four minutes of um, injury time, and I think this is this is something that we should look out for in the future. Just just to see um, whether you know there was there was a couple of VAR decisions. There were goals, as I said. There was a there was a head knock. And they only put four minutes on on the clock in injury time, so I think I'd be interested to see going forward whether you know uh, time time spent making a, a VAR decision is, is accurately reflected in in the um, added time. The um, so, for mafia, yeah, I think so. It's a, bit of, a bit of a conspiracy, but I, I will say uh, Chelsea's uh, um, central midfield pairing and. and uh, Kovacic and Jorginho, uh, they had a really, really good uh, second half and, and they're, they're really clicking. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that was a positive. Um, the other positive was um, the, uh, the Chelsea supporters um, giving it back to those, uh, the, the Ix fans who had come in. Um, I think there was a, a chart uh, 4-1 and you effed it up. One and you effed it up. So that uh, one of the classics. Yeah, so it was, it, it, cool. it was and uh, you know that, that 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 was just like putting um, you know putting uh, oil on a flame. So there was sort of uh, yeah, the Ix fans didn't like it, and so I'll give credit to Chelsea for the comeback and uh, the Chelsea supporters for fighting back, uh, literally on the field, off the field as well. So it was, <laughs>
1: Boys, another another comeback in the Champions League was uh, Dortmund, who came from behind to beat Inter, pretty much ensuring their progression to the next round. It's uh, it's, it's looking on the Inter side like Conte might be having his post season one meltdown already. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what's what's going on? Is this a
2: comeback or or the come down for for Inter? I, I thought this was. Do you know what? This is a, a reflection of what Conte's one big criticism. Everyone loves talking about how he can change the culture, and he's a winner, but. Uh, one thing he's sort of never had is any sort of tactical flexibility. And it was the reason why they were happy to lose him at, at Juventus when you know, he walked out on the club and they had Allegri in. Um, Conte has his system. He plays his system and that's it. And they go, they're up 2-0. Then at half time Yeah,
1: thank God you, a Juve don't have another coach like that.
2: <laughs> uh, I, let's let's not, not say that what he's this season. <laughs> he's, he's actually been moving the team around quite a bit. He's got a diamond in midfield now, but... Anyway, oh, no. let's stick. Let's stick on on Conte for now. But he, um, you know, the, the game the game turns, and all you need to do is like just not cop another goal, and you know, you might be all right here. But then, yeah, he just doesn't can't can't change the team. Um, I don't know. He has moments where he, so he gets a lot out of them. Like Lautaro like Martinez is looking great at the moment, but then. He got sort of shut out of the game in the second half. Um, He started with Sensi on the bench, who's been one of their better players. And and then at the end of the game, Conte did what Conte does, which is... Start complaining about. Slam the club yeah. in a press Slam conference. They
3: haven't backed me. We don't have. We don't have enough players. You know, we don't have. We've only got Sensi yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, this, this is what he said he goes. Oh, you know, other clubs buy like top players. We've got to buy guys from Calgary and yeah. Um, so they've, so never, they've
3: never they've yeah. never played in the Champions
2: League before. No, no one. No, no one. But but Godin's won anything. But sorry, the two guys that he and the he got mystery.
1: Lukaku and uh, and Sanchez in as well. And so
2: when you say that you didn't get the players, wanted, this is the guy that you wanted. If you wanted better players, you should ask for better players
1: few other uh, quick results, boys. Let's whip around the, the rest of the sort of standout results and moments um, uh, in this match matchday of the Champions League. Um, we've, we've got to talk about uh, Kyle Walker in nets in, in that City game. Obviously, City dropping points is, is one headline, but um, when when Edison was taking off, taken off feeling 50-50 and then Bravo got sent off, Pep had to send in good old Kyle Walker to play the last 10 minutes, who made a save and kept a clean sheet. Is this your, your favourite outfield player? Going in goals that you've 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 seen, boys.
2: This is the full evolution of of, of Pep Guardiola tactics. There's now no keepers. We just we, we were passing. There are no positions. Good, no positions. Every, everyone can play everywhere, and we just pass the ball.
1: Matt Olson, one of the listeners of this podcast, one of our top fans, boys says, Dino Drilbitch going in goal at Spotless Stadium in 2017. Uh, he's he's got that ahead of Kyle Walker doing it. Great. And, and finally, boys, um, just on Bayern um, this week, it came out that uh, Arsene Wenger has um, been ruled out of, the, uh, of uh, getting the Bayern job. Um, apparently, uh, it's because he wasn't willing to change his name to Bayern Wenger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: think, genuinely, I think he's just going to be No, you know, so he does speak German. They said they definitely
1: want a German speaker. They coach. want a
2: German speaker. Yeah, and he's apparently very good. So yeah, okay. Arsen Ars- Ars- ruled out.
3: I think um, I think what will happen is uh, Bayern will have an interim manager, and then they'll they'll take uh, Hart back uh, from Ajax. So he was an assistant there, and I think he's he's the one they want. So and he won't go during the season. So um, it would have been fun to see Wenger in there for sort of six nine months to see see what he do, but. Um, yeah.
1: It's clear he's pretty hungry for another job, so um, it's only a matter of time before we get to see Wenger somewhere. Wenger in. Wenger in. Venger in. Uh, all right. Well, that's, that's going to do it for today, boys. Uh, thanks again, uh, everybody, for listening. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail on Anchor. Um, please do. We just don't get enough voicemails. Meaning we don't get any, so please send us some. There's a, there's a spot uh,
2: for top fans actually. If, uh, if there's a, there's a few
1: few vacancies for top fans uh, going. Uh, if you're interested, Tommy. Um, Tommy, you can also <laughs> you can also get into our emails uh, at mtagpodcast@gmail.com. Um, More than a game is also on Twitter and Facebook. Find us at More Than A Game Podcast on Facebook or at mtagpodcast on Twitter. Next week, uh, there's an international break, uh, but we'll have uh, A-League Round 6 and we'll also have special guests, the Asian game, to take us through uh, the big Socceroos World Cup qualifier against Jordan. Uh, In the meantime, enjoy the football.